Hello and welcome to The Rabbit Hole, the Definitive Developers Podcast. Living large in New York. I'm your host, Michael Nunez, our co-host today. David Anderson. And today, we'll be talking about live coding. Everybody's streaming these days. The coders oh, yeah. are streaming. The people picking up trash are streaming. Yeah, you could, you could stream someone's window. You could get your window streamed and share it with yeah, the world. I'm tired of my window. I want someone <laughs> else's window. We code for a living, but I can also enjoy watching another person code very similar to how I would enjoy someone playing video games. I imagine that that would be a fun time for me to learn and grow as an individual. I feel like it would be more interesting and more informative than watching someone pick up trash in New Brunswick, New Jersey. (laughs) And we happen to have someone who is quite experienced in live coding and streaming. Today we have Melissa Wanish. How's it going, Melissa? Hello. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm a big fan. Awesome. Awesome. Melissa, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi. Well, I I am a consulting software developer with Stride. And before that, I actually did a lot of my own consulting and launched a blog slash YouTube channel called Ruby Thursday. And I've been doing that for five years now or so. And then the live coding piece of it came about about four years ago. And I did it for two years pretty regularly. And then I took a two-year hiatus because I happened to also have had my second kid. And two kids, <laughs> just it was just too much. Two and kids, so, blog, live coding. Like I feel like a blog and live coding is like two kids as well. So it's like four kids. Yes, it's a lot <laughs> of kids. So so now the, the kids are now getting older. And so I'm going to be – I started it back up. And I'm excited to do more of it and to tell you about my adventures with it. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, Let's start with what came about where you wanted to live code, I would ask. Yeah, that came about. I also started to sort of see what other people were doing as far as content for, you know, different blogs or different ways to teach coding. And I saw, you know, lots of people live coding and especially on platforms like Twitch. And I was also having a little trouble at the time finding new content, new blog posts, new things to talk about. And so I was like, well, let me just build a project in front of everyone Mm -hmm. and do it live. And people can comment. They can ask questions. It would be very interactive. And also, I was doing a course at the time. And the solutions of it, I decided to do without a whole lot of editing like see my mistakes. And (laughs) the feedback was that the students really enjoyed that piece of it too. They really liked seeing how maybe I went off and, and Googled something or, you know, I had to like redo a whole piece of it maybe. And they really thought that was very informative of this is real live coding. Not everything comes to you right away. You do have to do research. You do have to to make mistakes and come back. Yeah, that's interesting. I I feel like the genre of live coding that I have seen the most, because I I don't really watch live streams of coding that often, more watching the guy pick up trash for some reason. (laughs) At conferences, sometimes people will do live coding, uh, demos of their software or like concepts, but they're like performances. They're performance art pieces. They've rehearsed it so much 
there's a messiness to it, but I think there's something like a lot more accessible about seeing like the iterative aspect of like software development when you're just building a whole thing from scratch. Like that's kind of amazing. Although it doesn't really fit into like a 40 minute conference slot, I guess. No, <laughs> it's the minimum is, is at least an hour to have anything to kind of talk about and show. It is definitely time consuming, but I felt like it was it was almost as much time consuming as trying to find a little slice for for a, like a blog post, right? And making it organized and making it perfect. It was almost the same amount of time. So I said, well, let me just build this thing. And I usually pick projects that I was was going to have some kind of use later. Mm-hmm. We did actually use the invoicing app, my husband and I, for a couple of years. And so that was really, really fun to do in front of people. That's cool. Even if you're learning and you don't know the thing, it's possible to still model and teach people at all levels as you're going on and also like get the feedback from people. Maybe if you are lucky enough to not be live coding to an empty room. <laughs> yes, which does happen. I feel like I feel like Williams talked about this before where like he was live coding on an application and was getting some feedback from people who were like, no, no, not that one. Do use this other thing. And he's like, oh, okay, great. (laughs) Yes, that actually happened to me last Thursday. The most recent live coding is actually bringing the Ruby Thursday site from Rails 5 to Rails 6. And I got really good feedback. Someone had just done it a couple of weeks ago. Oh, awesome. And so I was kind of struggling, you know, like, okay, this bundle error is happening. Another bundle error is happening. And he said, you know what? I commented every gem out except for Rails. I let it come in and then I added each gem back one by one. Oh boy. Okay. How many gems do you have? I know. Luckily, I don't have too many and I only got up to finally Rails finished <laughs> bundling. <laughs> and then it was like an hour 15 in and I was like, okay, I, I got to go. Yeah. We're going to continue. <laughs> it was actually pretty painful, but it was great that people were helping and suggesting and giving their feedback. That was great. Yeah, that's awesome. And it's like something that it's hard to learn from that because you do it once and there might not be like a good blog post on it like you're saying like it's not going to expose all of those warts of like oh yeah i just had to comment out every single line in my dependency file that's like maybe as a blog post i don't know but you'd have to how do you find it <laughs> like yeah like the <laughs> the horrors of legacy code <laughs> the trouble with with updating very old software so it's not even that old. I mean, yeah, it's a right. couple you, years. You're saying yeah. Ruby 5. I mean, I know people are like trying to upgrade Ruby 4, I think. Yeah. The worst I've experienced so far, although I'm not done with 5 to 6, was 3 to 4. Yeah. I thought that was really hard. That was a speed bump. That's the great part about doing it live as well. If people come and they have the experience of just having done it or experience of a different library or a different... I was actually really great. I've been using Ubuntu as well. And so I had a terminal open and I just, I hadn't quite figured out the copy paste Mm. functionality of that terminal. And they're like, oh, try this instead. And it worked. And I was like, oh, thank you. (laughs) You also learn a lot when you're live coding because people are coming from all kinds of experiences to, to come and watch. It's a huge learning experience in that way, too. It sounds a lot like pair programming in a way, 
because like that's that's something that always seems to happen like one of those kind of knock-on effects of pair programming where those little things that you don't really think about that help you be a better developer like just find a way to cross the boundaries between people yeah, so like pair programming is with one person right you get and learn your tips and tricks off of, and bounce ideas off of one person. You have mob programming. I guess you have more than one person, like a, your entire team, maybe four or five developers. And then you have live coding, which is five plus, 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 I imagine, <laughs> Melissa. You have just the world. all sorts of people. You're just the world just throwing all their ideas at you. And you got to be like, okay, yes, I'll try that and do that and go, go, go. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it can be it can be a lot of information. That's probably one of the harder parts for me for live coding is keeping up with the comments. Mm -hmm. Right. My lovely husband was helping out this first time around, getting back to it, and he would text me, and so I'd look at the text message, and he'd say, "Hey, go check your chat." <laughs> I'd be like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> you're you're, you're so in the zone. In it. Yeah, you wouldn't. You zone. know, you're in the zone. Yeah, and you don't necessarily want it all to show on the screen at the same time so you have the chat off to the side and so you do have to take those breaks or take a moment to look because then somebody gives a great suggestion that that keeps you moving as opposed to floundering right. <laughs> which can happen yeah so. and I, I imagine that probably makes it a lot more fun too to actually have that engagement with people and making the connection in the moment yeah, absolutely. So it's it's definitely more fun if people are watching. It's easier to keep talking. There's definitely been days, you know, when I was doing it like two or three times a week, you know, there were definitely days when maybe one person would pop in and then pop out and then just sort of be doing it by myself. That is a hard thing too if nobody's there. <laughs> right. You're kind of just, you're programming to the universe. It's still useful to think out loud and to, to say things and even if nobody's there. Like yeah. the, the internet is my duck. Yeah, ever. this guy. The and rubber that, duck. Yes. I, yeah, I mean that's yeah. a that's a using the internet as your duck is pretty I need to try and do that myself. Just to like talk out loud, but know that the internet is there, I guess. To, I mean you got Geo to, too, so like I'm sure yeah. he, he'll he'll be happy. Yeah, and to be Geo, a duck. Geo has opinions. He'll bash on the keyboard <laughs> and stuff like that for sure. <laughs> he knows the, the proper keyboard shortcut. Oh yeah. <laughs> you mentioned the website is Ruby Thursday. Where did that name come about? That is an awesome name. So when my husband was at Marvel Comics, he was in the digital advertising area, and he was part of a project that was bringing back these old, old, old comic characters, all right? So it was sort of the, like, really kind of bad ones. Okay. <laughs> and so, like, because they have thousands and thousands they of characters. So, so he's doing this animation, yeah. and he found this character named Ruby Thursday, and he loved the character so much that he actually bought the URL rubythursday.com. And the fun part about this character is that she's from the 70s. Okay. okay. <laughs> to give you a little context. Okay. It was a different and era. comic book writers <laughs> in that day were maybe partaking of extracurricular, you know, substances. Uh, substances. Uh -huh. I see where okay. this is going. Let's yeah. go. And so they came up with this character that... She is a brilliant scientist, so, so smart, but she was also very good looking. Mm -hmm. And she was tired, so tired of all these other brilliant scientists not appreciating her for her brain. Mm -hmm. Right. And so she decided to remove her head 
and replace it with a supercomputer, a completely round, circular, <laughs> red supercomputer. I'm looking at a, a photo. It looks like a barbershop pole or like a gumdrop or something. <laughs> yeah, so it's this, this huge orb on top of this like felt, you know how comic book women are drawn right you know? yeah it's funny because she's like i, I was tired of, of she was tired of people like looking at her so she took off her head but then left her body <laughs> yeah so now you really just look at the body because there's this weird orb on top of her head so that is the the ruby thursday character and i've been coding ruby on rails for eight plus years now and so i wanted something with ruby in the title and we had this URL, and I said, let's do it. <laughs> let's that's do so it. That's so funny. Let's do it. Let's use it. Oh, that's awesome. So do you have like, are you just like sitting on a mountain of underutilized Marvel character domain names, <laughs> just waiting for them to like have to buy it back from you? <laughs> that is an excellent strategy. I think this is the only one he yeah, bought. Like what happens I when Ruby Thursday... Because he had like the unicorn and... I'll have to send you the... It's called All Winner Squad. I don't know if I can Google that real quick. <laughs> it was called All Winner Squad. I love the name so much, but I'm like, oh no, what happens when Ruby Thursday finally makes it into the MCU? <laughs> yeah, when that movie comes out, <laughs> Melissa, what's going to happen? <laughs> what's going to happen? They're going to have to go and get rubythursday-themovie.com. Right. Sorry, guys. That's right. Get out of That's here. Because right. we got the Ruby oh, Thursday right here. Right now. So we now know Ruby Thursday, not the Marvel character, but the website in which you live code in front of the universe. And I imagine <laughs> that's pretty, even me saying that out loud is giving me like, is making me terrified. What's scary and hard and difficult about the live coding aspect when you set up or what is it about the live coding that makes it difficult or scary or hard? Is it scary or hard? Yeah, it can definitely be hard. The scary part sometimes is, like I mentioned, when you're doing it by yourself. Okay. You're hoping that you're producing content that's useful, that people will enjoy. You're a little worried that, okay, I need to keep things moving. You know, I can't get stuck Getting stuck, I think, is my biggest fear, mm. right? Because there definitely are times you get stuck and then in real life, you would put it away, you'd go have coffee, and you'd come back. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, you don't really have that option. Yeah. You're live coding. Yeah. You have to keep moving. That is the hardest part, like, is that fear of getting stuck. Sometimes you just have to, you, you keep talking and you say, look, I'm stuck. I don't know what to do now. And it's very vulnerable. And you have to be... I think have that kind of personality that is okay with being vulnerable in front of lots of people. Because if not, you're going to second guess yourself too much and not just keep going or, or have a sense of humor about mm -hmm. it. That's the hardest part, I think, is, is the, the fear of getting stuck. You know, hopefully you get, you get past it. Or if it's a half hour in and nobody's there helping you, you just say, okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll try gotta, again tomorrow. I gotta, I'm going to try again gonna tomorrow, gonna get that folks. coffee. This is, I got to go. It's, it's too hard. <laughs> it is helpful to have sort of a guideline as well. You know, if, if you have Trello cards or like specific tasks, like anything, you need to project manage it, yeah. I think. Yeah. Because if you're just kind of playing with stuff, you need to have borders to it. Or again, it's just going to go on. Yeah, like how do you bound what's done? 
what is the chunk that is interesting so it's that's like kind of an interesting concept grooming a backlog of stories as a means to then have a series of pieces of content that people can enjoy as well yeah if you if you have i mean you do have to be agile in it or or kanban i mean however you want to say it but you have to have a series of work or at least that's what i found worked best if you had a little chunk that you said okay this is done and yes maybe it took me two hours but then i'm done Mm -hmm. and you can feel like you've wrapped up and you feel like you you did that so or things continue to be continued It, it is a difficult part of like okay how long do i go do you have like any war stories, any technical difficulties or things like that? I think there was a whole 15 minutes I came back from a break that I had not put on my microphone. Oh. And finally somebody came back and said, oh, Melissa, we can't hear you. Oh, no. <laughs> so that's probably the, also another fear is yeah. that if nobody's coming back from the break, if you're going for two hours, you got to go take a five-minute break. Yeah. So you put up a little like, hey, I'll be back in yeah. five minutes. Right. So that is also a fear that somehow you've started and nobody has sound checked you and you don't know if people can hear Yeah, you. that's why I got this post-it right here. Yeah. Recording. Recording. Exactly. Check. Check. <laughs> Check. And, you know, to be honest, I, I got on there and nobody, I don't know if nobody wanted to like speak up or... It was very far into last week's live coding session that somebody said, well, you know, the, the font could be bigger. Oh. And I was like, well, just tell me that. I, look, easy, bigger. <laughs> Command plus, uh, plus, so, plus, So now plus. it's like a comment like, oh, you can't see anything. So yeah. next week will be bigger because yeah. I'm on a new computer. And so, you know. Yeah. And if they keep complaining, it just keeps on getting screen. bigger and bigger. <laughs> <laughs> like one letter on the screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so that's also like the technical difficulties. You want to make sure you can be heard and seen. Right. Mm-hmm. You got to have that extra help to get set up and right. a, a spotter. Up. Like you're, yeah. you're saying yeah. you have someone on the comments kind of giving you a heads yeah. up when there's something you should check yes. out. All right, Melissa, I'm fired up. I want to see if I can try doing some form of live coding. And I have no idea where to start, how to begin. Do you have any tips and tricks for someone like a noob developer like myself who who could get started with some live coding? Yeah, absolutely. I would choose a project, something small that, that you could do, you know, fairly easily if it's your first rodeo. And yeah, I would just get started. It's you have to pick, you have to get all the technical things aligned. The first time around, I was using OBS, which is a streaming software that can go to multiple platforms. So at the time, I was also streaming to Twitch and YouTube at the same time. And that was that was a little harder because then you were looking at different comment streams. Right. So now there there've been newer, you know, since streaming is becoming a thing. Oh yeah. There are newer platforms. And so I've just started playing around with StreamYard. Mm, okay. And I do recommend it. They had a fun feature where you could take a comment and then put it on the screen. Oh wow. And so everybody could see the comment and it didn't matter where it was coming from. So right now I have the free version, which only goes to one platform. So right now I'm doing YouTube. I am liking it, so I may go ahead and and do the paid version so I could go then to Twitch and YouTube, and then it would pull all the comments into one place. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so I I do recommend that. Of course, you need a good microphone. 
absolutely crucial. You do want to have, I do recommend, I guess you could do it on one screen, but it's much easier if you have two screens so that you could have your, you know, sort of comment area down below. So you could look at it and then up above again, have somebody help you get it all, do a test drive, make sure your fonts are big enough. <laughs> and sound check, get your sound, sound check. check. You know, just, just have a buddy that comes on at the beginning, checks to make sure you can see all the comments, have, have somebody help you. You can't do it all by yourself, really. So those are some tips. And then otherwise, really, it is about continuing to keep talking. Of course, you can take breaks. You don't have to all the time. But, you know, like pairing or mob pairing, you want to be describing what you're doing, what your thought process is. I have, if I just am completely lost and gone to Stack Overflow, I read what out loud what I'm reading. Mm-hmm. And so it's important to keep that going. That is a skill to develop because a lot of times if you're coding, especially by yourself on a project and you feel all alone, right. you're not going to talk. That's the performative aspect of the live coding is that you have to talk about it. Right. So, and it makes it more fun and be yourself. You on your best day of coding. <laughs> and again, have a sense of humor because you're going to get stuck. You're going to make mistakes, but that's what people love to watch and love to see, especially for younger developers to see you get out of the stuck. Right. Is the content, is the value that you're giving. And if you just remember that, you'll be good. I think like for, as you mentioned, like younger developers think that all developers got it in their head and they know exactly what to put on the screen and to make it work. And I think the idea, as you mentioned, the fumbling that happens in real life, people may not know that that happens until they see someone do that and start going to Google and figuring out what to do. Oh yeah, just copy and paste. That works? Cool. Keep it moving. And to do that live screen is, is I find that to be really brave. Just the idea of like putting yourself out there in front of the universe, in front of the internet. Nothing ever gets erased once it's on the internet and you're there <laughs> coding, building a project, making it happen. Ruby Thursday, baby. <laughs> it's going down live coding. Oh, that's so great though. Really appreciate the tips and tricks. I actually have used OBS when I wanted to be a gamer, when I was trying to, you know, get people to follow me. I'm not that great at video games, but StreamYard is new, right? As you mentioned? It's pretty new. It was a recommendation from a friend who has another YouTube channel and and they just chat uh, and he does, well, he does live streaming drawing uh-huh. sometimes, like comic art. And so it's it's actually that is the group that started using it first were the comic artists in the live drawing. Yeah. But like anything, it's, it's useful for, for any streamer. Totally. And if you're listening to this and you're still locked down wherever you are, live coding is a great way to socialize with the community, get your project started. I think that's another thing too, Melissa. Do you think that by, Doing the live coding, you're more pressured to continue doing the project that you're doing. It's like when they say like, oh, if you have a goal, you have to write it down. So you really mean it. But like now you just mentioned the project to in front of the in front of the whole universe. So you kind of have to like show up. You have to show up. Yes. Yes. Especially if you've gathered up a list like I have and you email and say, I'm going to be there at this time. And even if you're not feeling so great, you really, you really have to show up. 
And uh, even if you're like, oh, I don't really feel like it now, but now you've told, even if it's 100 people, that you're going to be there, then you need to be there. And you definitely get things done. That's absolutely right. I'm not totally sure I would have finished the projects that I have if I hadn't been live coding it. Yeah, I definitely look forward to to doing it more and more now that the the lovely young children are, are older and mostly going to bed. They can self-sustain themselves for the most part. They can put themselves <laughs> to sleep if they have to. <laughs> I, I can't wait to heard, they are not asleep. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're having a ball now that you're here. Oh, oh no. Uh-oh, dad's oh, no. in charge. I just heard money. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Geo Geo oh, okay. gets bigger enough to self-sustain. Maybe I'll do some live coding myself. <laughs> How can people contact you, Melissa? Yes, absolutely. Go to RubyThursday.com, and right away you'll be prompted to put in your email address. So you'll get onto my email list, and I give a couple hours notice. I'm set up to live code every Thursday at eight thirty. So you'll get an email with the link that is usually going to YouTube. And when I start up on Twitch again, I'll, I'll put both of those in there if folks like Twitch better. And then you can follow along. So it's also Ruby Thursday is on YouTube. You can subscribe and you'll get paint that way as well. Awesome. Awesome. Sounds, Sounds like so much fun. Yeah, no, I'm about to I'm about to go find, go, go on my Twitch right now. You know, I'll, I'll have to put my video game watching on hold on Thursdays so that I can watch some live code and going down. Yeah, we will ask for the largest font possible. <laughs> there you go. See, if you can't see it, and if you, if, I'm sure Melissa, if you needed, if you wanted some feedback, I'm sure they'll be able to reach out to you via Twitch, via YouTube. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or it's, it's just Melissa at rubythursday.com. I'm an old soul in that I, I like email. <laughs> awesome looking forward to more live coding from you melissa thank you thank you for having me follow us now on twitter at radio free rabbit so we can keep the conversation going like what you hear give us a five-star review and help developers just like you find their way into the rabbit hole and never miss an episode subscribe now however you listen to your favorite podcast on behalf of our producer extraordinaire william jeffries and my amazing co-host dave anderson And me, your host, Michael Nunez. Thanks for listening to The Rabbit Hole.